Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to, to virtually see you, to see your, your faces on the screen, and hopefully I'll be able to see you in, in person soon. Hey, let me encourage you. Um, grab, grab a Bible open, and, and I think my prayer for this morning is that as, as I share what God's been teaching me through this passage, that you would see it and, and, and it would be helpful for you to understand it and then, then to actually live it out. That's, that's all I, I desire to do as we dive in together. It's, it's, it's about understanding and growing together in what, what God says to us. So that's, that's my prayer for this morning as we start. The passage is, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 12 to 15 that Elwin, Elwin read out before. Thank you for that, man. And, and to summarize, we'll kind of give a, a broad stroke and then dive into each particular verse. But to summarize, these, these passages are, are part of um, Paul, Silas's and Timothy's ethical instructions, this kind of section of Thessalonians where they're instructing us, essentially, this is how then we should live as Christians. This is how we, we are to live. So, so think of that as this umbrella kind of concept. This is how we're to live. And everything we're going to look at today falls under that. I mean, the particular passage today, the first, the first half of it talks to this is how we're to live, we're to respect our spiritual leaders, and then the second part of it talks to this, this call to be patient with one another. So we're going we're gonna to look at these two, two respectively. But let me, let me just remind you, and let me read verse 12 to 13 just to refresh our, our memories of, of the passage. So 12 to 13, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, says this, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So to summarize, there's, there's, here's, here's the key points. There's, there's an asking or an urging is actually probably more a, a strong and appropriate term here to respect your spiritual leaders. So naturally, the question is then, who are our spiritual leaders? Well, it gives us three, three kind of descriptions. The first, it says those who labor among us. The second, those who are over you in the Lord, which, which kind of means you mean those devoted to lead or to manage, kind of serve God's, God's flock in that sense. And then lastly, it says those who admonish you, which carries this idea of, of, of to warn or to instruct or to teach or to ex- exhort. These are our spiritual leaders. And so in today's kind of context in, in church, we would think of those people as, as pastors or elders or those kind of functions. This, this is what the, the passage is talking about, these, these sorts of people. And so the call is respect these people, respect your, your spiritual leaders. But it actually goes one step further and it says esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Esteem them very highly. This, this idea, it, it can't be emphasized enough. It, it abundantly, excessively, esteem them, regard them, consider them, consider them highly. There's this notion of, of, of count them or think, think of them in, in really high regard. Now, it's really inter- in, interesting for me, this, this idea of respect here is, is the Greek word ido. Now, it's a very common, common word used in, in Scripture. In fact, in the New Testament, there's about 668 times that it's used. And yet only once in the ESV of those 668 translations, it uses the word respect. As we might look at that and go, yes, there's an opt-out here because it clearly can't mean respect if it only says it once. But, but no, it's actually the opposite. When we understand the way it's used elsewhere in, in Scripture, it actually informs and helps build a bigger picture of, of the meaning of the term and helps almost illuminate what this respect looks like, why we should respect them and how we should respect them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a look at this word. 
primarily it's, it's other uses talk to this idea of, of knowing or seeing. Or actually, probably more accurately, in, in, in kind of the past tense, because you have known, because you have seen. Now, throw in there this layer that is often used with, with understanding too. And here's where we get to, to what the NIV uses. Instead of respect, they use acknowledge. And I think both are, both are fitting and appropriate. Here's why. Because you know, Ido. Because you have seen, Ido. Because you understand, Ido. You should be able to acknowledge the work and the love of your leaders. It, it, it's based upon what you have known, you have seen, and you have understood. And based upon what you can then acknowledge, that the natural consequence of that should be a platform for respect. And so we see here, respect is actually a really fitting word. And, and when we put it in this context of, of what the word means in its fuller context, we realize, wow, no, this, this is why we respect them, because of, of what we know, because of what we've seen, or it might be um, yeah, these, these sorts of things. So this, this labor of love, this, this, this uh, teaching, this exhorting, this pastoral care deserves, deserves respect. There's, there's another passage that kind of just helps, helps get our, our head around this, this passage a little bit more. If, if you flick over 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, now it's talking about the household of Stephanus. They were the first converts in Achaia, and they devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. So you hear, see there, there's, there's some of the parameters for a spiritual leader defined there. This is, this is Stephanus' household. And so it says in 1 Corinthians, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Archias arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refresh my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Recognition, this idea to, to recognize or to come to know. So once again, we get this idea of, of knowing or seeing. That's, that's really, really important in understanding a platform for respect. You can recognize and realize, and because of that, because of the way you've watched their, their labor and love, that, that builds this, this respect for them because of the work and love and service of, of these men and women, our spiritual, our spiritual leaders. I think importantly, it's important to distinguish this is, this is not an, a respect that elevates them onto a platform in kind of a fame and a glory kind of wow they're so amazing yeah as 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 a pastor myself i realize that like i'm not that amazing yeah there's there's so many flaws and imperfections in in me that that don't make me this kind of model model perfect citizen as it as it were so that's that's not the idea of what it's talking about it's not this this elevation but rather it's a respect based upon understanding and so as you, as you watch them and, and engage with them more and more, you understand more of their, their work, their love, their heart, their service, their desires, how they, how they want to see the kingdom come and all these, these sorts of things. Now, I've, I've been fortunate to be part of this church my entire life. Um, since, since I was as, as little as you can be up, up until now. Now, obviously, over that time, my knowing, my seeing, my understanding, my acknowledgement, and therefore my respect has, has grown because I've grown. And so I've experienced more and I've seen more and I've understood more. And then recently in the last couple of years, I've, I've become part, part of the pastoral team. And so, so I've actually got a, a much closer view into how they work. Now, this is really interesting because in the last couple of years, I've respected the spiritual leaders a whole lot more. Not necessarily because I agree with everything they've said, 
In fact, many occasions there's been times where I go, if it, if it was my responsibility, my decision, you know what, I might do this. But they think they should do this. Neither of them are wrong, and that's okay. But, but because of our difference of opinion, it doesn't mean there's an opportunity for me to disrespect them in that space. No, no, no. It's actually in the midst of times where we don't necessarily see eye to eye or not everything is as, as smooth as to be or, or we just have different opinions. It's in the midst of that space that I actually have an opportunity to go, I want to understand your heart. And as they express that, I go, wow, yeah, that's fantastic. That's my heart too. It can look different. That's okay. That's okay. And, and you've been entrusted with this responsibility. So, hey, let's do it. Let's do it this way. Yeah? But I can see their heart, and as I, as I grow in knowing, in seeing, in understanding, in acknowledging, my respect for our spiritual leaders continues to grow. So therefore, as the passage says, as I, as I respect them, I, I desire more and more to learn what it means to esteem them very highly in love, or to consider them very highly in love. To respect them out of recognition. It's, it's not in the context of fame, but in the context of, of understanding. So what does this look like for me? Well, for me, it's, it's things like, I desire when it comes to my spiritual leaders to not talk smack about them behind their backs. I don't think that's respecting. I desire when it comes to my spiritual leaders to communicate well with them. So in those spaces where we might disagree, or in those spaces where I just don't understand, or I just don't quite get it, I, I see it as my responsibility to go, hey, can you, can you please help me understand? Here's where I'm coming from. Here's my heart. Help, help me so we can grow together. It's not, hey, this is where you're wrong and you need to fix it. No, no, no. Let's, let's go on this journey together. So that's, that's my desire. That's how I show respect to my leaders. I, I, I show respect to my leaders where I desire to do so in supporting them, whether that be you mean, a word of encouragement, whether it be praying for it, whether it be helping them out practically. You mean, you've got a really big week this week. How can I, how can I help you? These are all ways that, that is part of my desire to, to learn continually what it means through understanding to respect and to esteem my spiritual leaders very highly in love. Now, it might, it might be some of those for you. I've seen plenty of those kind of expressions over the years, and that's fantastic. It might be something else. Hey, that's, that's, that's fantastic too. But the important thing is that we're thinking about these things. We're thinking about how can we respect our our spiritual leaders, because what we, what we can affirm is that in Scripture there, there is a call to respect, to recognize, and to esteem our leaders in love. So if that's the call, then, then how do we acknowledge that? And how do we, we apply that? Not doing so blindly, but doing so in understanding. You might be, might be sitting there going, okay, that's, that's wonderful, Aaron. Why, why are we talking just about how we treat pastors? Why don't we talk about how pastors are to treat the flock? And I'd say, absolutely, I'd love to. That's just not today's passage. Okay, so there's plenty that talks to how I, the responsibility of an elder to care for the flock by, by all means. But what, what, what I do want to recognize is that just because we're talking about spiritual leaders here doesn't mean that there's, and the responsibility that, that the, the flock have to, to engage with them, doesn't mean that there's actually not a, a mutual blessing here. Is actually beneficial for both. As, as the flock respects and esteems highly the leadership, so too the leadership serves and loves the flock. Yeah, it talks about that in the passage too. There's actually this, this real harmony. And, and, and the passage goes on to talk about you know, live in peace with one another. This is, this is how it works. Let me explain from, from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 7 and then verse 17. So Hebrews 13 
says the following. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and intimidate, imitate their faith. Then Then in verse 17, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that, that would be of no benefit to you. That would be of no benefit to you. And so contrarily, I mean, the, the, the positive spin on that would be, make it a joy for your leaders to, to serve you and to lead you. Res- respect them and to esteem them highly in love Help, helps that, because that would be of benefit to you. If it's of no benefit to, to not, you mean, to burden your leaders, to, to disrespect them and to esteem them poorly, yeah, then it would naturally be a benefit to you. It would be a benefit to the flock. Why? Because it helps us, as, as it says, to live in peace with each other. There's this harmonization that goes on here when, when the leadership is respecting and loving and serving the flock, just as the flock is serving and loving and respecting the leadership. The two actually work together. This is, this is how it's, it's designed by God to be. It's a mutual love, a mutual, mutual service. So some things for us to start thinking about then in this vein, if this is, this is what it's meant to look like, I mean, naturally the question is, well, well how do you engage with your leaders? And quite honestly, a lot of that comes from how do you think about your leaders? Because words and actions are an overflow of thoughts. They're an overflow of, of our heart position towards, towards our spiritual leaders, as with, as with anything. So how do you think about your leaders? What does it look like for you to respect your leaders? Or what are some, some moments where you know you struggle and you actually find you disrespect your leaders? How do you respond to these, these two things? What does it look like, lastly, for you to esteem in love the spiritual leaders of the church, even when you disagree? How do you esteem them in love? How do you respect them, even in disagreements? That's really important. That's really important. So there we go. So that's, that's the first part of the passage. Remember, we're talking under this umbrella of how then should we live, essentially, this, these ethical implications. The first part is, is respecting our leaders, esteeming them highly in love, this mutual harmonization of the two working together. The second is, as I said before, it's talking about patience. Okay, so we're going to change gears and, and shift, shift over here. So let me, let me remind you of the second part of this, this passage. We urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the idle, Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So I think, once again, let me just summarize. The summary is really helpful. It's just to, to really clearly paint the picture. Admonish the idol, warn the idol, instruct the idol. Yeah. Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Monish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. And then lastly, be patient with them all. So in the warning, in the encouraging, in the helping, be patient. Yeah? To those, those who need admonishment, those who are being idle, be patient with them as you admonish them. To those who are faint-hearted, be patient with them in the encouragement that you give. 
to those who are weak, be patient with them in the helping. It's not just to do these things in and of themselves, but it's to do it with this spirit of, of patience. This is really important. And this says a lot about how we're to operate. I mean, as, as people in general, when it comes to, to the love of God and the way he commands us to live. Let me, let me just throw a couple, couple of verses out there that just kind of fill out the, the picture a little bit more. So Acts 20, 20 35, and then Romans, Romans 15, 1. Acts 20, 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Romans 15.1 We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. So the key in all this from, from 1 Thessalonians, whether it, whether it be admonishing the idle, helping, helping the weak or the faint-hearted and encouraging them, the key is that we are called to live with an outward focus. Yeah. Patience only works in the context of being outward focused. As, as kind of Romans says, living to please others, not ourselves. It's more blessed to give than to receive, says, says Acts. Impatience comes, or a lack of patience, comes when we're focusing exclusively on how it, how it pertains to us, how it's affecting us, how it's taking too much of our time, how it's too, taking too much of our energy, how it's not beneficial to me, how it's not comfortable to me, how it's not what I want. Therefore, I won't do it. Well, therefore, I'll respond in, in a particular way. That's what impatience is. It's when we're, we're focusing on in the consequences of, of someone else's words, thoughts, of actions on, onto us. Be patient with the more. Now, I once said to a, to a group of people, I, I said, throw your hands up if you struggle with patience. And after about you mean, two seconds, it wasn't very long at all, I was like, guys, come on, let's, let's, let's hurry up, get, get your hands up. And, and the irony of that situation just so clearly painted the picture to me of, you know, we all struggle with patience. It's a reality. And I'll, I'll be the first to throw my hand up and, and to admit that. Patience is huge in, in Christian living. I think when we understand the severity of it, it helps us actually aspire to go on this journey to, to, to navigate growing in patience. When we realize that patience demonstrates love, or the lack of patience demonstrates the lack of love. I mean, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, says what? Love is patient. Love is patient. Just let that, let that sit there. Love is patient. So when we are patient, we are expressing love, God's love. When we are not patient, we are not loving in our, in our moment of impatience, whether that be frustration, whether that be throwing in the towel, whether that be intolerance towards certain people. We are living in a way that prioritizes us over them, and that's not loving. Patience. Ephesians 4 is a beautiful, beautiful passage. The start of it, I find really, really challenging. It's one of those ones that you can almost uh, reflect on each, each kind of phrase as it comes for, for, for weeks at times. But Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 2, says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is, this is part of living a life 
worthy of the calling you've received. This is, this is what it means. It doesn't matter whether it's someone that's, that's faint-hearted or someone that's weak or someone that's, that's idle. There's a, there's a call to be patient to everyone, focusing on them, bearing, bearing with one another in love. So here's a challenge for you. Here's, here's something I, I think quite practically we can do to consider, consider these things. Because just, just like me, my, my hands up, I'm sure, I'm sure if, we, if we consider it, our hands are up too, saying, yeah, we, we struggle with patience at times. There's certain things that get us. But what's interesting is what, what is something that makes me impatient is something different to what makes my wife impatient. Yeah? Or, or my friends impatient. Or, or pa- impatience, we're almost triggered by, by different things because different things are in, important to us. Different things make us, or different circumstances or different relationships make us focus, focus on ourselves and therefore, therefore experience some, some impatience. So um, I, want, I want you to, th- to take some time today to write down uh, whether it be uh, contexts you know, whether it be relationships, whether it be particular places or particular things, do you know that you really struggle to when it comes to, to, to patience? Now, it might be something as, as simple as, I know when I'm driving in peak hour traffic on Friday afternoon when I'm really tired on the way home from work, I struggle with patience because there's all these other bad drivers on the road. Yeah, it might be something, something like that. That might be, might be a moment of impatience for you when you write those things down. But I don't want you just to stop by just venting all your frustrations and all your patiences. That, that's, that's not the point of the exercise. Now, what, what I want you to do from there is I want you to sit in prayer and ask, why? What's, th- what's the underlying belief here? What's the underlying falsehood? What's the underlying perception of this situation that's causing me to focus on the consequences to myself rather than looking at how I can help the other person, how I can encourage the other person, how I can admonish the other person, how can I love all the other people? Yeah? What's, what's actually going on in my heart that's bringing about this expression of, of impatience? Sit with that. And it might be interesting, you might start to draw a few dots, dots together on, hmm, this is a real, real area of weakness, not just impatience, but actually something a little bit more specific. And then, then you can take that to prayer and really really start thinking about it. And so once, once you start identifying these things, that's, that's the first part of the journey, okay? You can identify them, and then it's a matter of going, okay, two steps. One, one the first is, is quite practical. As you've identified them, you're going to be consciously a bit more aware of them during the week. As you know, on Friday on the way home, and so you might say to, to someone, someone that you're, you're always in that context with at that time where you struggle, whether it be a spouse or a close friend, hey, can you just can you just help me in these moments? Because these are the moments I struggle with patience. These are the moments where it's often a real trick for me. Just, just, just help. Call, call it out with me and, and help me track through that in love. Help me remember why and, and, and to, to pray for me and coach me. So get someone alongside you to journey with you in that. Be conscious and be intentional in the spaces where you know that patience is a real challenge for you. But then secondly, and, and more importantly, because... The first one can't happen successfully without the second one. It's a question of, God, would you help me experience your love for me in the weaknesses that I identified that caused me to experience impatience? Yeah? In the underlying issues, in the underlying falsehoods, would your love speak into that space and, and help me recognize the truth where I might believe in falsehood? The, the, the truth against against the lie or, or the misconception of, of self or others or whatever it might be. Help me realize your truth and love and grace in these spaces of weaknesses 
because it's only from, from that place that we can actually offer an extension of patience to other people in moments where they're, they're testing us or, or, or challenging us or just you know, rubbing against our grain a little bit. So be patient with them all is the, the encouragement. That's my, my challenge for you. I'm going to invite the, the band to come, come back up and we're about to, to do communion together. But I, I encourage you to be thinking about these things, to, whether it be during this song, to sing, to sit, to pray, to reflect, to ponder, to chew, to read the passage, passage again, to look at these things and, and open your heart and, and consider what does it look like for me to respect my leaders? And then what does it, it look like for me to be patient? Where are areas that I need to grow in? And how can God's love and grace speak into that? that space to get and and then we'll get get together again shortly to celebrate communion together